won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control, be real. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, Sits and Sivs. You're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 040 and was recorded on September 27th and made available for download September 30th at guardfrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Justin. That's right. Our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, will be filling in for Lennon Absent Rich this week. But uh, this is a good time to point out that Jeff Cal Ripken Jr. McComb has done all 40 of our shows without a single miss. Lennon, play that sound. What do we have this week, Justin? In this week's Squawk Box, we branch out a bit from our root topics. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including the weekly crowdfunding update, the latest letter from the chairman, retaliator concept sale, and 10 for the chairman, episode 38. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we share with you some of our favorite tips and tricks for Arena Commander. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Sits and Sis are always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join the crew here at Guard Frequency. So if you've got a creative bitch that needs scratching, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Please remember that all positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This is a labor of love. But we do look great on a CV or resume. We've added a new feature to our website, GuardFrequency.com, a donate button. After six months of clockwork releases, trips to Austin and L.A., plans for Manchester, and the occasional detour into lunacy, we're finally confident enough to set that hat out on the sidewalk and help you throw in some loose change. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you every week for each charge, but it, it really is nice to get that occasional reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. Thank you to everybody who's already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular donation. The more support we get the better show we make. Cha-ching! Well, that takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the squawk box. Any of you boys need a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. It's Tony saying welcome to the squawk box, everybody. Space will kill you. But don't take my word for it. The online comic strip Cyanide and Happiness is a three-minute YouTube video that describes in painful detail exactly how even our local planetary bodies are even now plotting our demise. Should we try to step foot on them anyway? It's pretty funny. I've got the link to it in our show notes for you. At the same time, it's kind of depressing. The cosmos conspiring to ambush us even as the human race builds out its spacefaring kit. I mean, we're working on an Alcubierre warp drive. FTL is a go. It looks like propellantless microwave thrusters aren't completely preposterous. Sublight is a go. The Navy is close to mounting its first railgun and laser anti-aircraft weapons. Weapon systems are a go. Boeing just finished testing an aircraft turret system that provides 360-degree solid-state laser point defense coverage. Defense systems, go. Scientists at Sandia National Laboratory are testing a brand-new magnetic bottle that has produced near-break-even fusion reactions less than a year after starting the tests. Engineering, go. All sorts of great new tech on the horizons for robots. 
I mean, we mere mortals need to breathe if we're going to make it past our atmosphere, which means either we're lugging our oxygen out there or lugging the mechanical infrastructure out there to extract oxygen from whatever materials we find. Not to mention gear to remove the exhaled carbon dioxide from the cabin. If, if only there was some lightweight, thin material that would take respiratory waste and convert it into oxygen. Maybe if it came in a bright shade of green. Well, it looks like life support might be a go, courtesy of an artificial leaf. Julian Melchiori, a graduate student at Royal College of Arts Innovation Design Engineering, collaborated with Tufts University to produce a silk matrix that held thousands of chloroplasts in suspension. Much like a garden variety plant. <laughs> garden variety plant. <laughs> I uh, the tiny structures, or organelles, convert carbon dioxide, energy, and water into oxygen. Set up a few banks of these, give them some water and light, Maybe talk to him a little bit, and you've got all you need for respiratory bliss all the way into the deep black. That's great news. We're all set, man. Like, what else do we need? What are we missing, guys? What do we? We got we got the guns, we got the shields, we got the engines, we got the power. What do we? What do we need? A good space simulator, so I can train to be a pilot one of those crafts. Because <laughs> <laughs> so these ships are going to be big, right? The first ones are going to be big. We need the big ships. Yep. We need to hurry up and get the big ships in the game. Yeah. There you go. The only reason I love space sims so much is because I want to be in space. I mean, who mm. doesn't? We've used up all the frontier around here. I mean, I guess we would go under the ocean. Shiv, what are we missing? What's on the shopping list? Well, definitely you need to be entertained while we're out in space because even if we survive everything else, you don't want to die of boredom. So I, but I think Jeff already answered that with the space sim question. Oh, okay. So you're going to go into space and have a space sim to play while you're flying in space. I'm taking Wing Commander, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I, the one thing that I think we're missing here is artificial gravity. But we kind of have that one licked already, too. You just have to spin the thing. You just have to spin the ship. So maybe we got that, too, already. So I, I I think we're ready to go here now. We can breathe. We can fly. We can shoot. We can shoot things down that are coming at us. I mean, I think we're done. We're ready to go. We're ready. Speaking of space trying to kill you, I might have mentioned this on the show before, but the book The Martian by Andy Weir, it's all about a guy trying not to die on Mars. Excellent book. But he would have loved some of these leafs. Oh, sure. I kind of miss the great science fiction writers of, of uh, the 40s and 50s of Heinlein's era. They really took the ongoing science and really stretched the bounds of it. Clark was one of those ones that really got into the science. I mean, if you read his Foundation series, you would have just gone, okay. Oh, no, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, we can't be friends anymore. Asimov wrote the Foundation I mean, series. You're right. Asimov did. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Knife through the heart. Man. <laughs> yeah, so it's some, one of my favorite series of books, absolutely. Yeah. Have you read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email over to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Crowdfunding update for September 27, 2014, 54,877,000 on our way to 55 million and the next super spiffy community designated unlock. Now, for those of you keeping score at home, and that should be all of you, that's a million bucks in a week. Wow. Nice job, everybody. 605,000 plus citizens and over 460,000 members of the UEE. Three out of every four new registration. Looks like they bought ships this week. No matter what your opinion of the ship concept sales is, Oh, and believe me, we'll be talking about it. They sure as hell look effective. The rate you guys are going, we're going to have another letter from the chairman by the time this show is released on Tuesday. 
In the meantime, though, we learn that we've unlocked the Preacher Armament Inquisition 22 Ballistic Gatling Gun. That is a mouthful. The dual ammo fed gun that allows you to hot swap feeds without exiting your ship, which everyone who backs before 55 million will get. We also find out this system of voting was such a success that they're going to roll it over, dropping the least popular choices and adding some new ones. Coming to you from the CIG studios at Los Angeles, Austin, and Manchester, it's The Stretch Goal Price is Right. Every backer before $56 million, come on down! As well as everything from last week in our voting showcase, you also get the choice of a Dragon Stellar STC Silver Engine for your 300 series, noted for its high thrust output and low EM emissions. A Broad and Raby Quiet Tech M120 Power Plant for your Hornet. The largest class in the M-Series, she's a dynamic, superfluid quantum vortex power plant system that is capable of handling all your ship's energy needs. And finally, a Tarsus Leaper Jump Engine for your Aurora. The Leaper Jump Engine from Tarsus connects with your onboard nav drive to allow your ship to access jump points, as well as an introductory scanning software package. Try your hand at discovering the undiscovered. Which one are you going to get? None of them. They kept off the stuff from last week that were some of the most popular and this week I went for the laser repeaters uh, the one that Linda was talking about last week I voted the shield even though I figured they won't win I don't want it to drop off because oh, eventually they may just say and all the rest because that's what they did before there was like two that that were up together and then they dropped the bottom ones and you said you get both I'm kind of leaning towards the jump engine for the Aurora I mean the Aurora is what? Yeah, well, whoa, whoa, think whoa, about whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Think about it. The Aurora is such an unsung ship. I mean, it really, I mean, there's got to be some use for that besides just, and I think that a jump engine would be kind of be kind of cool. Well, but this is for Arena Commander. You don't have to jump anywhere in Arena Commander. That's true. Sure it's not just going to show up in the Persistent Universe? Well, I think they will show up in the Persistent Universe, like the other stretch goal items like your towel and your plant and all the other things. I think they're going to stick around forever, but I'm talking about utility now. Like the Gatling guns that we just achieved or we just unlocked, those will be in your uh, hangar as soon yeah. as they're game ready. Yeah, those are ones I vo- actually voted for. So, well, bully for you, I didn't get my missiles. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I still we can still be friends. The Asimov thing. It but, was a uh, senior but, uh, moment, honestly. And my dimensions I, I kicking I, in. I forgive you. I forgive you. I, I shouldn't have brought it up again. Yeah, these are things that are going to show up now. I think we should try to get some use out of them now. So the inclusion of the jump engine for the Aurora, I don't see anything interesting with that. Unless the scanning software somehow boosts your sensor range. So maybe that's cool, maybe. You know, maybe you can see contacts out to 4,000 meters, whereas most people now can only, you know, somewhere in the 3,000s is when you can start picking up targets to scan and lock on. So maybe that. Maybe that. It's all it's all candy anyway. I mean, when you think about it, it's only for arena commanders. So, pretty sure I've read before that you get these in the persistent universe, but it won't be like an unlimited supply. You'll get one, and if it breaks, it's gone. I, I may be wrong, but no, no, I think you're maybe right. that was specific to one or two things. But no, I think you're right. And and honestly, I think they've hit the right. I think this is the best way to do stretch goals going forward. Is something that you get immediately and can use in Arena Commander, and that will also persist in the universe when it finally goes live. But it's things that are already on their drawing board. It's just which one would you, the community, like first. And if they are limited, should they sell LTI for your backer gadgets? No, absolutely not. (laughs) No. No, no, no. That wasn't even funny. 
Don't even get me started. <laughs> and looking at the vote, uh, the cooling J Spano Cryo Star, whatever that thing is, for the cooling system, is top at 19%. I can see that. Second is the jump drive at 17%. What? Yes. Oh. I wonder if it's because there's a lot of Aurora owners. Well, I, well, you know what? That may be it, too. But So I'm hoping I'm hoping that they tweak the scanner. I hope that there's a current and usable feature for the scanner now. Otherwise, you're just going to put extra weight on your Aurora and get nothing for it. So hopefully it's an improved scanner and you'll have a longer lock-on range for your missiles, maybe, and a longer target acquisition range for you. Yeah, see, I would find that hugely useful. Oh, my, yeah. I mean, that would be. That, that would make the Aurora really kind of deadly uh, in some of the PvP environments. And even oh, yeah. Swarm. If you can see them lo- farther away, launch missiles from long range and bug out. That could be that could be that could be cool. That could be huge. That could be huge. I also like to see something like uh, missile magazines as well. What I hate is running up and firing a missile. And, oh, I'm out of missiles. So missile magazines would be nice. Well, uh, I don't understand. Uh, reload your missile racks. Oh well, you get reloads every three rounds. Well, that's not the point. I want unlimited missiles, man. <laughs> I want cargo. What? I want cargo space full of missiles. You want you want cargo. You want a cargo deck full of missiles and a little robot that'll crawl outside your ship. No, the like missile and, racks and drop in and in uh, get reloaded automatically by a missile loading system and pop back up and your missiles were ready to go. We really we really need those bigger yeah, ships. Those on an Idris. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Idris. Yeah. I'm messing. I'm messing with you. I'm so messing with you. Uh, okay, all right. Take you seriously, man. I gotta watch out for you. You did that Asimov thing earlier. I have to I have to be careful with you now. Yeah, right, we're fruity Odie bar. <laughs> <laughs> Our weekly dose of ten for the chairman was released, and Chris Roberts takes ten questions from the subscribers, tells us what he has planned. Among them, one particular question stood out. A citizen by the name of Silent Ruin asked, "If I'm in an instance and decide to jettison my cargo out of sight before I enter combat, but nobody survives, what happens to the cargo?" Chris replies, what will generally happen is they'll persist for a small amount of time, but if, say, there's no one in an instance for a pre-allocated time period, that instance will be closed. So at that point, if there was cargo floating around on it, it would just go away. Well, here at Card Frequency, we love the game that we're building, and my illustrious uh, replacement co-host for the evening, Mr. Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, has a better idea. Justin, tell the boys and girls at home what you think. Pretty simple. So if there's, let's just say, cargo of space plants floating around and everyone dies or leaves the instance, instead of deleting it, just put on some spreadsheet somewhere, cargo, space plants. And then if it's really simple, it just could show up randomly if somebody's flying through that system, obviously a new instance. Or you could get a little more technical and it shows up in grid XB or X1 or whatever. And then if you fly through that part of the system, you could run into it. get even more complicated, you could have it move out of the system over time. So it'll move across the grids until it's gone. Or to keep it a little more simpler again, just it could be there for a week or something. And after a week, it drops off the list because it's floated off and no one can ever find it or burned up in an atmosphere. So instead of just stuff vanishing, even if it's kind of random, if you, somebody has a chance of running into it again, if you go back and your friends are looking around for your special space plants, that'd be really neat. You put that out on the forum in the Game Idea subthread, and it uh, generated some discussion. A lot of people liked it. I, I went, it, me the thread killer, that's how I usually am. Uh, that's usually <laughs> what I, Once I decide to weigh in, it's like, then that basically has doomed the thread to death. 
but I went in there and killed it. And what I said was, this is a fantastic idea, and you should have it so that it uh, becomes another job generator. You know, it's another mission generator for the job board. You know, so either you as a PC can go and say, you know, if you put on the job board uh, cargo lost, it's like you're like Shiv was saying there, you know, the cargo goes to a table. And if within 24 hours I put a posting on the job board, cargo lost in area XY or whatever, then the table will be the loot. And then so if someone takes that job, they can go to that instance, you know, go, go to that spot, that area, that XY or whatever. And then a, and a new instance will spawn with those items in it. And then he can perform a salvage mission on it. And maybe it's not just if you take the mission, but maybe if you have a super duper sensor package and that mission is out there, maybe someone scans that area and creates an instance with that loot in it. So it becomes part of the gameplay rather than just, ah, you know, it's just stuff and we're just going to make it vanish. So if you don't if you don't take care of it and if you don't have somebody following you that can scoop it right up, it's just lost. I don't like that. I don't, yeah. I don't either. I thought there would be like a tiny transponder on it and, and uh, with Jenison and it didn't yeah. see, if it didn't see your ship within range, it would start transmitting a single signal for, uh, for right. pickup. Right, because there's those, like those, those super-duper special crates, right? You remember those? Right, right. Yeah, the ones that are like, you know, the super expensive ones that have, you know, like you were saying, transponder codes and stuff like that. I mean, the ones that are all hyper-secure and things. What the hell? I mean, they just, if you jettison it and... You lose it. That's just it. No, 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 no. This this needs to happen. Justin Justin keyed in on this one, and, and he really Justin's idea needs to happen. And there's people in that thread that agree with us. So love the game we're making. Speaking of which, F John asks, are we going to be able to give airspace support for FPS missions and or planet side war zones? The response from Chris essentially boils down to right now, no, we don't really have plans for it. Maybe someday. If this is the case, then what the heck was the next great Starship design contest about? Right. <laughs> what the hell? What maybe they were asking, because this was how I thought of it, was, you know, you're up in space, somebody's on a planet, it, maybe you can't fly over, but I don't know, now that I think about it, why can't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, this the ship was purpose designed to drop a bunch of Marines on a planet. I mean, that was the whole idea. I remember having lengthy discussions about the cockpit being able to see the ground and so that the pilot knew where to, you know, direct fire. Um, you know, uh, troops being able to, you know, exit and the ship be able to protect the troops while they were entering and exit the vehicle. I mean... And, and the gun, and the landing gunner having a wide field of view so he could right. keep the, the la- LZ free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. I remember having lengthy discussions about this. So, I mean, it just seemed an odd answer given the fact that the Next Great Starship was so focused on this exact mechanic. And, I mean, I know that in the fiction the idea was that, well, this is how the design started out. But, of course, you know, for the civilian market, it's going to be mostly a cargo hauler or that sort of thing. I mean, I, I get that fictional thing, but you can't buy it on the military, you know, used market or whatever and then go employ it in that way in those dangerous frontier lands, kind of what's the point? Just get a constellation. So yeah. I, uh, it, seemed, it seemed like an odd answer. And the final thing that caught our ears, trading. The idea of running a trading empire from your hangar is not really in the design docs over at CIG. Actually, moving from place to place in the verse is in the design docs. So while you may be able to hire NPCs and other players to you know buy low and sell high for you, probably going to get more bang for your buck doing the hauling yourself so he did say you could never leave the planet he just said he didn't think that would be fun but i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that would think that'd be fun 
who don't want to fly around or can't. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if their rig isn't quite up to spec, I mean, they, that's some way they could participate in the game without having to, you know, load a bunch of polygons. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the hangar has plenty of polygons as it is, but it just doesn't go as high speed. Yeah, because there's no reason you can't buy stuff on the planet, fi- find out somehow where they sell good, you know, hire somebody to ship it there, and then yeah. find out what your place needs, hire somebody to go there and buy that and bring it back. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could. I just I think that their their idea is that the way that the market's going to work is that most of the profit in the gain is going to be soaked up by the people doing the transporting, yeah. not the people doing the hiring and firing of the transportation. I sort of see that being their lever in, into the system to say, you can do this if you want to, but your margins aren't going to be too great. Unless you can get your friends to do it at below market rate, or if you hire really terrible NPCs, you know, rookie NPCs or NPCs that don't have a high trustworthiness rating, you know, a high eBay score, those people are uh, might run off with your cargo. You're taking a chance, but you can pay them less. So I, I, I get, I, I think I, the vibe I get is that they'll, they'll, they might let you do it. You might be able to do it. It just won't be very much fun, and you won't be, you won't be building any trading empires doing doing that unless you're hiring, you know, hiring them by the hundreds. Well, definitely give it a try. Well, there you go. Just to see. Hot on the heels of the announcement of the ship concept sale pipeline comes our very first concept ship, the Reclaimer from Aegis Dynamics, a dedicated salvage and reclamation platform crewed by five people and with an impressive array of technology and tools needed by every budding salvage operative out there. The Reclaimer is nearly three times the size of Akani with slightly bigger engines, but otherwise very comparable. True to the future concept ship sales article from last week's news, the Reclaimer is being offered for sale for a cool $350. Remember folks, like the article said, this is the cheapest the Reclaimer will ever be offered. The Reclaimer is on sale till the 6th of October, so if you want to get it at its best price, well, operators are standing by to take your calls. Or just get one in the universe later. So once again, yeah. this this game is built for those with disposal incomes. Oh yeah, I mean, there's never been a they've never been shy about that. That's for sure. I mean, again, and this is at the concept sale stage. Clearly, what you're buying right now is an idea. They're making no bones about this. It's a standalone ship. There's no package involved. You don't get a you know they don't get an alpha pass or an arena commander pass or anything with it. No beta. No, nothing like that. This is a a ship. So if you want to support the design of this vessel, operators are standing by, here's how to order. And boy, howdy, did people order. Uh, at least according to the website, they raised a, I, th- I believe the unit of account here is metric buttload. I believe that is, uh, the, they raised 1.2 metric buttloads of money. What, what's, uh, in the, what's that in the uh, vegetable metric? I think that might be rutabaga. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it it works. I mean, clearly this idea works. It's ridiculously priced. It's only an idea or a concept at this stage, and people shell out for it. Nothing succeeds like success. And there's a lot of people that are upset about the about this and stuff. But it's working. And if you don't want to buy it, don't. And it'll come back. It's working because there are there are folks out there, a lot of folks, especially the backers, who have disposable income like that. And sure. and that's fine. But I'm sorry, they're setting a bad precedent. Just because it works doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> you know. I, uh, it, again, I know what's Tony, the reality here. I don't know. I'm confused. I mean, they're they're charting new territory with this. I don't I, I don't know that it's wrong. Yes, but they're, they're also buyer, they're also setting seller. they're also setting. I don't know how to put it. They're setting a compass designed on the fact that 
okay, we're going to build this and we're only going to let the, you know, we're going to put out these ships that only the, the rich can buy. At first. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna go. I'm not. I'm not gonna get on that soapbox. Lennon's not here for my sound effect. <laughs> well, uh, I, let me. I, I'm gonna take what you what you said and, and run a different direction with it. Maybe the idea, though, is that on the promises part of this, we promise this will never be cheaper ever again. I think they should stop saying stuff like that because at some point there is going to be an in-game economy where people can earn this, and some smart cookie probably here at the podcast is going to put pen to paper and figure out exactly what the time currency in the game is and what you have to do to convert that into a ship sale. And I'm going to guarantee you the number is going to come in at less than $350 to earn it in the game. I guarantee it. The concept of it being a price floor that high to be able to earn it into the game is a little silly, if you ask me. Unless they've done the metrics already and they know exactly where the equation is. You know, last week we had talked about it being like 73 cents an hour or something like that. I mean, 350 hours of gameplay for a ship like that. I mean, more than 350, right? Because that's a minimum. It's got to be 400 hours of gameplay. 400 hours of gameplay, if you play 10 hours a week, that's going to take you a year. You know, two-thirds of a year to get. That's just a lot. It is a lot. Uh, so I, I think that they need to stop saying things like that. It'll never be cheaper ever again. Well, eh, no, I think I think it will be cheaper once once the game's up. Just maybe not in hard dollar terms. I don't know. I don't know. That, that I think that's the the fault that I find with it. Yeah, I certainly can't afford one, but I'm not going to complain about it. It's all the people who can that are making the game happen. But it's certainly a ship I'd love to have. You gonna be a salvage guy, Shiv? That that sound like fun to you? The, the ship looked cool, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't like my job, but I look good doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, exploring sounds good. I don't know how long that... I would have to see, you know. We've, we've heard exploring will be in the game, in other games, and it hasn't been. But I think this one will have better... Yeah, better. no, I, I mean, they the, clearly they're going to need to put horsepower behind the exploration thing. I mean, it's it's what everybody... I mean, the vast majority of the people that respond to those polls said that that's what they want to do. They want to discover stuff. So they're going to put a lot of thought into that mechanic and give you a lot of ways to do it and give you a lot of ways to spend money to do it better in the game. So I'd yeah, rest, to, rest to, easy on that score. To boldly go where no man has gone before so you can raise shield and arm lasers. Yep. No, 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 no. No, there's no, huh? Even the scanning package thing on the Aurora, there's going to be a lot of, I think, gameplay around sensors and territory environment you know i think your environment's going to screw with you so you have to do you'll have to fly around the environment to get a good map of what's going on i think that i i I truly believe that these guys while it's a space sim and a lot of pew pew and guns and stuff they know that there's going to be a lot of people that want to solo out there and fly around and uncover the whole fog of war on a map and you know then download that to some server somewhere to get credits for mapping something there's going to be a lot of gameplay like that I, I, I truly believe that there's going to be a ton of opportunity for that stuff so especially if there's random cargo crates floating around that it's people drop. bingo exactly yes see right exactly but now it's time for the news we didn't use Beverages galore in the latest episode of Lore Builder. Even more ways to make you feel inferior with the Pan Spotlight's Arts and Crafts number two. 
news of an armistice in mill space in this week's booty call. A gallery of racing ship screenshots showing you why you should buy an M50. Now, right now, operators are standing by. And the latest entry in the Galactic Guide featuring Consolidated Outland. Now that we've caught you up on the latest CIG news, let's go find out how to keep our insides on the inside in Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets. Greetings, sits and sieves, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets, where we like to delve into the guts of Star Citizen and give you all the details from the inside out. A warning up front, this game is still in active development, so anything we say is subject to change. Now listen up, you Nuggets! We're going to tell you how to keep those sorry guts inside those ugly sacks of skin you call a body. You know, the thing that can't cash the checks your ego keeps writing. We've all spent time in Arena Commander and thought we'd share our favorite tips and strategies with you. One of my least favorite things about Vandal Swarm is, wait for it, being swarmed by Vandal. When that happens, I love taking advantage of the new afterburner mechanic. Point your nose to any clear vector, firewall the throttle, and kick in the burner. As you're accelerating to max speed, quickly cycle through your targets and pick out the closest bandit. Decouple, flip over, and lock in a missile. Then recouple and fox one. Or or is it two? I forget. I forget the foxes. Hit your afterburner again and serve that missile shot with a cannon chaser. And if all goes well, you're going to need to roll or strafe to avoid the sparking, smoking wreckage of the ex-Vanduul bandit. You should be rolling anyway to avoid incoming fire. Oh, 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 and keep one finger on your countermeasures. Feel free to repeat with any of the other scythes scything your way. Some variations on this theme, dump power into your forward shields and lower your speed after recoupling if you intend to get back into the furball instead of repeating this tactic. Now, my favorite tactic is, of course, wait for it, always wear clean underwear and socks. No! Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, yes, <laughs> but this is good advice. No, watch your six or your ass for your non-fly boys. You know, kind of think uh, Linda Blair there with your head on a swivel. Ah, uh, for, for, for the people that uh, didn't uh, grow up in the 70s, that would be the Exorcist reference? Yes. Do you also projectile vomit? <laughs> well, your projectiles on this case would be something else entirely. So okay. just remember that your rear camera button, your rear view button, whatever you have it mapped to, is your friend and use it a lot. The most way that you die in this game is from somebody coming up on your behind. Watch for tracers or lasers floating past you in your cockpit view coming from the rear to the front. This is an indication that somebody's behind you and firing on you. Roll and bank sharply. Break or reverse thrust very hard. These tactics will put them in front of you sometimes. It depends on how close they are. And one of my favorites is to quickly decouple and spin 180 degrees and let go of a missile at them. And my least favorite part is wait for it hitting somebody with your face. (laughs) Something you can do to avoid this, you can adjust your non-fixed weapons by moving the green reticle with your mouse. If you're flying with a stick, your gimbals will stay right where you pointed them. This is useful in a joust, since you can fire to the side while pointing away from the target, so you're less likely to hit them. It may also disorient them, because your tracers are not coming from where they would expect, because you're kind of flying sideways, the bullets are shooting off 
Be careful though, you can move the reticle outside your weapon's firing arc, so learn the limits or you'll just be making purdy lights into the void. This won't help your fixed guns, but you can always rotate and hit them with those when they pass. Alright, so uh, you boys been enjoying the uh, the co-op stuff or the PvP? Justin, I know you played more PvP than I do. Not sure. I haven't done uh, Capture the Core very much. I, I did it once or twice, but I just couldn't. You know, I, I did, it didn't seem like it was working for me. I, I flew into the thing holding the core and the gate was sparking and stuff but i couldn't get the, the gate didn't turn off you know or the core didn't recognize that i had passed through you sure you're at the enemy one i was at mine i had the enemy's thing oh. and so it was all blue and weird and i couldn't fly straight and then i flew back to our gate it was all sparky and electrical and whatnot and i flew through it and just sat there and nothing happened so I backed up and moved forward and backed up. You know, it's like being stuck in the snow. You know, you got to back up and move forward and try to rock it back and forth. You know, that's what I did. Nothing. Sounds like a bug. And a bit later than scheduled, this week's community question. Do you have any juicy tips for Arena Commander? Are you a speed demon with a trick up your sleeve? Maybe you've taught the Vandal or thing or two and you want to share your secrets with your wingman. Let us know by commenting on this week's show post at guardfrequency.com or over on our show's weekly thread at robertspaceindustries.com. Are you new to the verse and need a bit of advice? Is there a tidbit of lore some sit or sieve taught you that we all should know? Let us know by dropping us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. But for now, let's tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! From our show post for guardfrequency.com, Dialect says... Destroy! Destroy! Dilek! Dilek, <laughs> not Dalek. And exterminate, uh, no, not destroy. I, I was playing on words. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. So it was Dilek <laughs> says destroy, destroy, destroy and yeah. Daleks say exterminate. Okay, I get it. Another gem. Is it just me or is the podcast getting longer? Anyways, awesome show. Very informative and very entertaining. By the way, Lennon, long live the LTI. <laughs> I... I we try to keep the show between four, around 45 minutes or so when we don't have an interview. We let it go a little longer when we do have an interview. But sometimes, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about not having to be forced to keep it a certain length. I think last week we did go to 51 or 52. But Lennon, Lennon's a clock Nazi, as I've said many times before. We try to keep you it. Know, in, in you know, Tony, they could always listen to us live and really get the full experience. Oh, my God, yes. We go on for hours, literally <laughs> hours in the live stream. Oh, yes, literally, literally hours. So uh, be careful what you wish for. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Wonderful show, everyone. I like the stretch goal ideas recently put out. I agree that at this point, more systems are not needed. Yep, here, here. I think they've got this idea ironed out. Give the community a reward for boosting them to the next level. Give current backers an incentive to spread the word because they're going to get a little, you know, a little something for the effort in their uh, hangar. I think this is the good system they've hit on here. Osteron writes, great show as usual, gentlemen. I don't know if CID's concept sale is the right way to go, but I do think at the moment it is the lesser of the evils they are faced with. To my mind, they've painted themselves into a corner. Despite the Mustang release poll, when the backers didn't have shiny new things to buy and distract them, they get cranky. And cranky can translate into bad press, particularly since the only new thing for Arena Commander lately currently has issues with accessibility. You're not competitive without a 350R or an M50. P.S. I don't know if the recording is getting cut off or if you guys are just that good, but there seem to be fewer bloopers in the past few weeks. I think we just we just are that good. Either that or our bloopers aren't very funny. Oh. Yeah, we need to have funnier bloopers. This is a criticism that we're going to take on board, and when we screw up, we're going to screw up better. We promise. Yes, absolutely. We don't often I... make bloopers, but when we do... 
<laughs> so say we all. Well, and I think he's got a good point there, is that uh, with the Mustang not out yet, there is an accessibility problem with the racing. Uh, hopefully when the Mustang does get released, um, released at a reasonable price point, <clears throat> that will help with that uh, issue. And they have sort of painted themselves into a corner a little bit. But the corner is pretty big, and it is in the corner, so they've got a good lighting and comfy furnishings. I mean, it's a pretty nice corner to be in. Something thread about ships, this was on Reddit and whatnot, and one of the most interesting points made was Arena Commander is a game, and there's racing. But you can't race any ship unless you own it in the real world, which is akin to you buy Gran Turismo, and you want to drive a Mazda RX-7, so you have to go down to the Mazda dealership, Yep. That makes no sense. So I, d- I definitely yeah, I, I, yes. think even if it was five bucks, you should be able to race or test fly most ships in Arena Commander for testing purposes. This is going to piss Lennon off. This is why it's my favorite idea yet. <laughs> it should be an achievement that you unlock. Yes. If you can get a sub two minute run in a Hornet or an Aurora or something like that, you unlock an M50 for the race for Arena Commander. Yeah, just something. Lennon. Play my sound. And maybe in the persistent universe that will be how it works. Yeah, they should and they should do that now. If you if in the racing thing, if you can set the mark wherever, and if you beat it with a ship not designed for racing, you unlock an M fifty or a three fifty R or whatever. Okay. I love the game that we're building. I love the game we're making. Here here. Over from the RSI forum post, Mandalorian Jedi says we're fine with what CIG is doing now, in my humble opinion, as long as there is autonomy between development team and marketing team. Don't let the marketing team dictate what the development team will do. I'm going to take issue with that just a little bit. I mean, there has to be cooperation between marketing and development. The stretch goal polls are a perfect example of that. The stretch goals and the interface with the community on that angle is kind of a marketing thing. What, is, what does our player base want? And that's going to dictate to some extent where the development resources go. Zaldian writes, great show, thrilling threesome. As always, wanted to chime in so Jeff can butcher my name. You said it, not me, Jeff. Zaldian. I don't even know, I don't, I don't even know if I got it right. Uh, Lennon did reply to that one and said, we're not the Fantastic Four and we have to do alliteration. It's a British thing. It's a rule I think they have over there. Oh, uh, so, okay. Yeah, that's why. I, but I guess with Shiv we could be the Fantastic Four. But Shiv's not on every show. Sure. Sorry. He goes on to say, I'm pleased with the current model because it does not promote feature creep and gives us a vote on their work priority, albeit a small aspect of the game. It's all we need to say we are contributing. The concept sale concept they revealed is good. Why? Because I think, as Tony said, it establishes a procedure for ship reveals and sales to the public. They are establishing their processes and tightening up business model and hopefully moving towards a revenue basis, as you note. After all, a Bengal carrier does not turn on a UEC dime. Excellent points. He agrees with me, so automatically I think he's like a brilliant guy. Aside from that, I like the game you guys are making and the recognition of early backers in the form of a shipskin slash patch slash moniker, etc., which is, by the way, available for subs already, is a perfect idea. Frankly, LTI is a sad bow to early backers, in my opinion. In a way, LTI breaks immersion and I have two LTI ships, but no big deal. I like the insurance mechanic. It actually adds a little bit of immersion to me. CIG needs to run with your idea. Done. And I think he's talking about some other nod to LTI. Don't make LTI the I backed early so I get LTI. Don't make that the thing. Make it some other thing or things. 
from our Guard Frequency Facebook page, Sid says, Very nice, fellas. Love the game vid. There's a game video on the guardfrequency.com of us Ooh, playing Yes, is that the one we played, Jeff? Yeah, it's the first one. It is a bit choppy. Sorry about that. But he continues and says, Really nice work on the podcast. I especially enjoyed last week's episode about how Star Citizen is charging so much for ships, even though the game is still in alpha. The points you guys laid out about this struck home with me and how I've been feeling of late. Now I fully understand, as you stated, we're helping fund the game by subscribing with $120 a month and purchasing ships and other various items, but whoa, the cost of these ships can put a strain on the old bank account if you go crazy buying. I myself have purchased the Constellation, the Aurora, and the Origin 325A, and wanted a few more, but ouch. Wonder what will be the actual in-game cost of these ships in-game cash versus actual cash. I mean, I go back to Chris Roberts' statement a long time ago that a, a constellation, you should earn a constellation in-game for 60 hours of gameplay. That was early on. You know, concepts change, things change. I understand that. But that's about where you should be thinking. Yeah, I think the big thing is, like, for me, I backed the game. I spent uh, about 100 bucks. That's essentially I paid for the price of two games for two people. That's I never buy games at full price. But if I did, that's about the cost. That's fine. Mm. And... Would I like all those ships? Yeah, but why would I spend money that I don't need to? You know, if I had the money back to game more, sure, but I don't. I get why people are like, oh, but I want all the things. It's like, well, wait till the game comes out and get all the things. I remember when the Odyssey came out on Star Trek Online. It was, what, 50 bucks for all three ships? Yeah. People were just raging, and it's like, well, if you have 10 bucks, get 40 bucks dilithium in the game and spend 10 bucks. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly the mechanic. I mean, I see a lot of philosophical overlap between the people running Star Trek Online and the people running Star Citizen is that conceptually you don't have to spend any money. Now, aside from purchasing the game, and when Star Trek Online first released, you had to buy the box and, and subscribe. Here we're going to just – you just have to buy the box. There won't be any subscription fees. Once you've done that, you've cleared the barrier to entry, and the world is your oyster. We don't want you to have to buy anything else to play the game the way you want to play it. I think that they should and they will let you buy convenience. If you want to skip some certain number of hours of gameplay and pay them money to skip those hours, I think that's perfectly legitimate. But I don't think that they're going to say, unless you pay cash, you will not be able to access this ship or this system or this game mechanic. I, I don't think they're going to do that. Mike Foley writes... Excellent show, guys, as usual. I especially like Tony's form troll impression. I really like that, too. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Guys, you're great. I really appreciate your foot of confidence coming on that one. That voice could be the show in itself. <laughs> Looking forward to next week. <laughs> That's all you get. Brian Valdez Castleman says, Hey, thanks for discussing my suggestion, the in-game gold farmer hunting. I've actually now posted it in the subscriber's den, and it's had some decent back and forth. There were suggestions regarding pirate or syndicate leaders placing bounties on rivals moving in on our turf for systems not controlled by the UEE. Okay, Tony Jeff, before we respond, we've had a request from the audio editors to keep it short. So can I have 30 seconds on the clock, please? Okay, starts right now. Uh, one thing I see is a, a, a system that I think you should be a good sit or civ, um, a civilian or a citizen, uh, in good standing with the UEE before you can even place a bounty on anything. And leave the gold farmers be. I mean, you know, except for, you know, destroying their little chat bots, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to make any money. Honestly, I think, you know, you're wasting time and energy. All right, Tony. 
Okay. All right. All right. Is it? Uh, I'm gonna say, Jeff. I agree with you, except for the point that I like the idea of having players go after gold farmers somehow. I don't like the idea of players being able to place the bounties for the gold farmers. I think that needs to be done systemically because no one except CIG is going to have the stats and the information to know who is fitting the pattern of gold farmer versus who is the guy trying to help out his buddies. All right, from Twitter on the topic of reclaimer pricing, Papa Kanzan says, Not a bad upgrade over the Connie if salvage looks to be your thing. Zero to three fifty is rough though. Best to work your way up. Meter Rex writes in and says, I would pay no more than two hundred for that. It's pushing it at three fifty. It's just too much for a normal person. It seems more and more that at Robert Space Industries is looking more at my wallet than at me. And Green Dragoon says, given that I'll be able to get one in game and having it now gets me nothing, I could care less. We're not buying ships, we're backing the best damn space sim ever. Here here. Anderson Kalija didn't bother me at all. Got one as soon as it was available. Oblivious UK. Concept is great, but at that price, it would be my only ship and therefore would need a game package included to justify the cost. That's a good point, but I think that they're smart keeping it out of the game package territory while it's still in concept. I, I bet you'll see a game package go on sale once it's hangar ready. Yeah. That makes sense. Permanent Starlight says, I'm honestly worried about no subscription fee for the Persistent Universe. They're going to need as much money as they can get. I don't know. There's a lot of free-to-play games out there that are doing quite well. And on a more general note, Matorex writes in again and says, you know what goes good with a golden ticket? A golden gun. I agree. Oh, yes, it does. There's Oh, and there is, there's the early backer thing. There, there's the early backer yeah. prize. Oh, yeah. The golden gun. From our brand new guardfreak.reddit.com, if you have something you want to share with us, a link, a forum thread, you can share it on there as well as any other way you could normally get hold of us. And but easy to do for other people to discuss. And if you think it's a terrible idea and don't want to hear about it on the show, you can downvote it. And if everyone hates it, we won't talk about it. But Schmunkle98 sent us, doesn't it seem odd that we have no rough schedule for Star Citizen updates at this point? I know things are continually pushed back, but there has to be a rough roadmap somewhere that CIG references for what has priority for release. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I don't think I want them to give us the roadmap. Yeah, I mean, right now we kind of know the roadmap for Arena Commander, and we know FPS is coming. Yeah. And we know that 42 is first quarter, you know. Yeah, roughly first quarter next year or something like that. Right. I I don't think I want them to do anything more than that because the whole idea of it being pushed back and pushed back, I want them to push it back. (laughs) If it's not ready, if it's not good, do it. Set these short-term goals to make the team know that they are responsible to the backers. You know, like Sandy was saying on our interview a couple weeks ago, you're buying an experience. It's not you're backing the space sim, you're backing Chris Roberts' vision, but you're also buying an experience with the Around the Verse and the 10 for the Chairman and the concept sales and the Arena Commander Alpha. You're buying a package. Let that package just do its thing. Tell me when the next thing's coming out. If it needs to be pushed back, that's fine. Make that an incentive to the team to not have to push it back. Everyone's counting on you boys and girls. Get her out. Get her done. From our amazing donors of monetary goodness, Terad and Joe combined laid another $6 in our coffers. Thank you, folks. Appreciate uh, all you do for us out there. And, uh, you know, donate early, donate often. And a reminder of our community question. Do you have any juicy tips for Arena Commander? Are you a speed demon with a trick up your sleeve? Maybe you've taught the Vandal a thing or two, and you want to share your secret with your wingman. 
Let us know by commenting on this week's show post on GuardFrequency.com or over on our show's weekly thread at RobertSpaceIndustries.com. So, how was the show? Was it worth the price or did we way overcharge? Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check us out on our forum post at robertspaceindustries.com. Leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. And you can subscribe feeds.guardfrequency.com or find us on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter at guardfreak. Start an argument on our Reddit at guardfreak.reddit.com. Leave a comment and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash guardfreak. If you're old school like us, shoot us an email at squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 40 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 41 on October 7th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at guardfrequency.com or the official Robert Space Industries fan site subforum. Aside from all the ways we just ran down in the feedback loop, you can also use the contact form on our website, and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come and help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? If so, just send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. If you just can't get enough spaceship podcasting, why not check out our sister production, Priority One? They cover Star Trek Online and the greater Star Trek universe. Just go to PriorityOnePodcast.com. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, RobertSpaceIndustries.com slash org slash Guard Freak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday nights, then you should join us live over at guardfrequency.com slash live. We start recording around 8 p.m. Central. That's Sundays at 2 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. We'd like to thank the entire team over at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager and step-in guest host, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Simon Torlton Edwards, and our assistant audio engineer, Michael Duncan. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Count to 330, count 15. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard. There was some concern over the resources needed to add a system like this. There were suggestions regarding pirate or syndicate leaders placing bounties on... Placing bounties. You want to weigh in on that one, Jeff? No. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, it, oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was also refined down to having a cool-down period where data marked suspicious by players was then reviewed by the impotendent. Okay, I can, I can buy that. Three, two, one. Are you going to self-destruct? <laughs> leave a comment on this show's... Uh, or leave a face. Leave a, leave a face. Lennon, play my sound. In this week's squawk... <coughs> you are hilarious. Supposed to be Lennon. In this week's Squawk Box, we branch out to the... Uh, uh, he's not Scottish. Yes, I'm bad. This is just terrible. In this week's <laughs> Squawk Box, we branch out to more root topics. In there you go. News, we bring you everything. There you go. We won't even miss it. Around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update. 
this latest letter from the chairman. I'm going to pause everybody for just a second there. Is it episode 38 for that? Uh, let me just... Is that right? 10, 10 for the chairman? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Jeez. Right. We're, He's catching we... up to us. Yeah. Oh, and there's a little kid here. What? Thank God to bed. No donuts. She's adorable. She, yeah, no donuts. That's right. Get, get going. Get going. Good one. Love you. Good night. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I yes, love there it. Are no ninja children because children uh, cannot walk quietly. In the meantime, though, we get to learn what we've unlocked in the preacher armor. Uh, <clears throat> we get to learn that. Oh man, at dinner. How about just, we learn? How about we learn Lenin and his Britishisms? How about that? Okay. In the meantime, though, we learn what we've unlocked in the preacher armor inquisition. <laughs> 22. 22. Yeah, 22. So why couldn't he just put 22 in there? I mean, my brain takes a little while to convert Roman to... He, he's just he's just, he's just just sad because he has to finish the show tonight, and so he's just laughing. You know, uh, I bet uh, he is. From, from afar. And as you're reading this, uh, try to ignore any sounds you hear on my side because my cat is attacking the window again. Okay. So... Uh, all right. And Lennon has instructed me to uh, do my announcer voice right. again this week. He... I don't know if anybody else liked it, but he sure, sure as hell did. And my cat is going to try to jump through the window in front of me and kill whatever is outside. Cat, go away. Go away. Go away. You want me to <laughs> shut you up in the bedroom? I'll shut you up in the bedroom. I'll do it. I'll reach in there and I'll pull you out and I'll shut you up in the bedroom. Quit hitting the desk. And what do we have, Don Pardo? He's not there. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm here. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just. I'm just wondering what I should poke the cat with. Just trying to figure out. Oh, oh my uh, god! I suggest I have my Nerf you gun. use a Peter Armament Inquisition 22 ballistic Gatling gun. Oh, I wish I had one of those. I don't. Oh, I don't have. Oh, I do have ammo. Oh, this boy. This this is good radio here, folks. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. My, I'm gonna back. Hang on. I have to dig through this tub and get some ammo. <laughs> oh my god. For my Nerf gun. Pardon our radio as, as Lennon goes out and get his own yeah. version of the Gatling gun. And, uh, well, that's a, he just has to cut this part out of the middle. I'll just send him a note to cut everything from like three minutes or you know two and a half minutes forward. So I've modified this Nerf gun. This is such good radio, everybody. So I've modified this Nerf gun to uh, actually uh, be a more powerful dart shot. Uh, there's a restrictor plate in there that uh, wouldn't let uh, as much air go by as could. And it... Uh, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, so it, it reduced the muzzle velocity of the Nerf dart. Well, I have taken that out, and this is what that sounds like. Oh my word, that poor cat! Yeah. Doesn't that sound great, though? Well, I think I, uh, the curtain uh, muffled it. I, that just made her curious. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll uh, the curtain from so she knows that she needs to be quiet. Now. Okay. Um, where was I? Oh, yes. So, um, there we go. Okay. Back into, back into character now. 